All right, uh, let's pray this evening. Heavenly Father, we love you tonight. Thank you for these folks. God, I love them. I'm grateful to be their pastor. It's, it's a joy, uh, God, it's a joy to do this. God, would you help us tonight? God, this is a home builder's class, but the truth of the matter is, is uh, all of this pertains to all of us. And God, there's something that we can find for us uh, in every bit of this that I'm going to teach tonight. God, I pray, Lord, for the youngest to the oldest in here this evening that we would see ourselves and see our need. And we'll, we'll thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. All right, let's get started tonight. Let's jump right in uh, to our, our next uh, session or our next lesson. Uh, we uh, just refresher, just a reminder, uh, we began dealing with, and we're on the first stage of home building. Uh, and the first stage of home building began with develop a plan. Uh, you, you, you're going to have to sit down, count the cost. Uh, am I willing to make the right changes that needs to be made to produce the right product that I'm looking for? Uh, things don't just happen. Uh, nothing, how many of you know tonight, and, and y'all can respond to me even in Sunday school, and I know it's not like church, but y'all can respond back to me or say amen or any of that if you want to. I, I always appreciate it. Uh, but, but how many of you know tonight things don't just happen? Uh, you, you get what you're, what you're uh, and maybe not always, but you're more inclined to get what you're trying to get uh, than you would if you wasn't trying to get it. Uh, so if you want a Christian home, there, there will be some effort placed into it. It don't just happen because you show up at church one Sunday and, and even because you get saved. Getting saved does not guarantee you a Christian home because uh, getting saved will, will change your life, but the effect of it changing your life is it changes how you do things. It changes your worldview. It changes your, uh, your opinion of things that ultimately change the uh, life around those around you. Uh, let, let, me, let me throw this warning out here to you tonight. And, and, and I, want you to, I want you to hear it and, and, and take it uh, for what it is. Uh, don't, um, and I'm talking to Christians right here, uh, don't fall back into how you always did it now that you're saved. Uh, but now that you're saved, recognize that you have a Bible that is living and God will speak to you through that book. And you have a church that is functioning to help you and to benefit your home. Don't, don't just fall back into what you were doing before. But let God guide you. Let God lead you. Let God direct you uh, in these areas of life uh, knowing that God's intent uh, is producing something worthwhile in your life. If, if God only wanted to save you, to, to allow you to miss out on hell and to take you to heaven, then God would have immediately after he saved you, took you to heaven. Uh, but God uh, really does, according to the word of God, want to give us a life that is more abundant, a life that is filled with peace, a life that is filled with joy. Uh, and you can have joy and peace in your home. Uh, your home, whether one person lives there or 20 people live there, uh, it can, it, it, it's going to have some ups and downs. Uh, it's going to have some difficulties. There's going to be some bumps along the road. 
There's going to be some hard times that you're going to face, but your home can be a place where the people who live in it appreciate it. They recognize that there is peace there uh, and, 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 and uh, causes them to find that as a place of safety and solitude and rest. And that's what it ought to be. Uh, uh, life is too short for me to not even enjoy the home that I live in. Uh, life is too short for me to uh, live. Uh, uh, I, I, saw, I saw a billboard uh, coming back from North Carolina, and when I say this, it, I, I don't agree with this. But if I was lost and I had no Bible and I had no direction, I, I think that would be my mentality too. It said, life is too short, get a divorce. Life is too short, get a divorce. Uh, how about this one? Life is too short, let God fix what's broken. Now that ain't going to sell, uh, that ain't gonna sell uh, a lawsuit company, uh, so they're not going to advertise that. But, but, but the truth of the matter is, is if I didn't know the Lord, if I didn't have a church, if I didn't have a Bible, if I didn't have any way of fixing the situation, I, I, I could line up with that. Because why not? Why live in misery all the time when there's nothing I can do about it? Uh, but maybe there's something I can do about it because I do have a Savior. Because I do have a Bible. Because I do have something that can fix me. And if I can fix me, I've at least eliminated half the problem. Uh, if I can get me right, then my home is halfway there to where it needs to be. Uh, and, 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 and me represents me, it also represents you. And so if you're here tonight and you're married and, and you can get you right, well, the other you is sitting beside you uh, and, 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 and we're well on our way of, of, of having something worth living in that people uh, can enjoy and appreciate. Uh, develop a plan. Uh, uh, determine the prince was the next place uh, that we've looked. And, and in our home, just like if we were building a house, we would sit down before lumber was bought and we would uh, sit down before money was borrowed and we would, uh, we would uh, draw up some plans of what we want in our house. Uh, we looked uh, 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 at, at two, uh, three rooms, uh, the, the living room, the place for fun and fellowship. Make sure, again, that your house uh, has room for fun and fellowship. Uh, um, too many times, uh, everybody goes home, comes home and goes and does their own thing. They go to their own room. Uh, um, I, I'm going to insert this right here, and uh, this is... Uh, this is uh, vitally important. I, uh, I, I may, to another degree, beyond what you would, uh, um, fight this. Uh, but find some degree to fight this, even in your own life. Uh, um, everybody is addicted to, uh, to uh, entertainment. Whether it be TV, uh, social media, video games, games on your phone, Whatever it is, uh, 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 my family enjoys sitting down in the evening watching TV, uh, and and we watch other shows besides this. But we love watching uh, Wheel of Fortune together. We love watching Jeopardy together, uh, and and that's fun. Uh, but don't let that just be your fun. Don't let that just be your fellowship, because there's not a whole lot of talking that's going on when the TV's talking or whatever it is. Uh, we're not going to get rid 
of, 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 of the technological advances. Uh, they're not going backward. You're not going to get rid of all of it. It's here. It's here to stay. It's coming more and more and more and more. Uh, but unglue yourself. Uh, you, you say, preacher, I want to I learn how to fast, but I don't think I can go without eating and start right there. Determine for a week or a month, we're going we're gonna to not, and maybe something just as simple as, as, as I'm not going to check Facebook until I have spent time with the Lord. That's what I'm going to do first. I'm not going to check Facebook. I, I'm not going to check emails until I have spent time with the Lord. I'm not going to sit down and watch a TV show until I have spent quality time with my spouse or quality time with my children. Find some way to dial yourself back. Make sure you have a living room in your home and the people who live in that home are spending a whole lot of time in that living room together doing things worthwhile together, making memories with one another. Because you're not going to remember, uh, you're not going to remember uh, who won uh, 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 this on this night. You're not going to remember who, I, I say that in the night Super Bowl, I didn't even mean to make that, but you're not going to, you might remember that, I don't know. Uh, you're not going to remember, uh, you're not going to remember what your favorite TV character did, but you will remember the memories that you made with your children, with your spouse, uh, uh, you will remember those things. Uh, so, so spend time uh, with them in that uh, and, and, and young people, uh, uh, make it, a, you, 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 uh, you can be mad about it, uh, and more than likely if you live in a home where your mother and father, and I hope that you do, has the authority to eventually, or not eventually, but to finally, they have the final say, alright, you're going to do this whether you like it or not, uh, why, why make it an unenjoyable memory when you can just decide, alright, this is what they want, this is what we're going to do. Uh, and, 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 and you know the truth of the matter is, is most of the time uh, people enjoy doing stuff like that anyways. They just can't let anybody know that they enjoyed it because, you know, I, I've, got, I've got to make sure everybody knows that I'm mad about this. Just get over yourself. Just, just, just get over yourself. Uh, have a good time. Life's too short not to. Make sure in your home that you have a living room. Don't, don't build a house Without one, you need a place for fellowship and fun. Don't build a Christian home without one. As a matter of fact, you're not going to build a Christian home without a place for the people who live there to fellowship and to have fun with one another. How many of y'all believe that tonight? You're not going, it might be a house, but it's not a Christian home if nobody enjoys it. It's not a Christian home if the people who live there don't enjoy anything about it. Uh, here, here was the next room. Uh, what was the next room? A kitchen. Uh, in a house, if you're going to build a house, you're going to build a kitchen, you're going to build a place for food to be cooked and dishes to be prepared and, and meals to be uh, uh, partaken of. Uh, and if you're going to build a house, you're going to make sure you have that room. If you're going to build a home, make sure you have that room. Um, your kids, listen to me tonight. Your children are not more than likely going to be spiritual by osmosis. They're not going to get it uh, because they've developed character at four years old. Whatever character they've developed, it is what you have begun developing in them. 
they're probably not, they may go through a phase, but they're probably not going to read their Bible if you don't encourage it. They're probably not going to pray if you don't encourage it. They're probably not going to do much Christian activity if you don't encourage it because the truth of the matter is, is a lot of that stuff's not that easy to begin with. Uh, and, and, and you have to, uh, you have to, uh, you have to build on that. Uh, that's why if, 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 if you go to China, now we're not trying to be Chinese government, if you go to China uh, and you find a four-year-old is trained in classic piano, well, it's not because they're better. It's because somebody made them learn how to do that. Uh, now, I'm not suggesting that you train your four-year-old classically in piano. If you want to, help yourself. I don't care. But I am suggesting tonight I, I'm, I'm personally on the suggestion you let a four-year-old be a four-year-old. Just let them enjoy life and teach them discipline and, and character as they go. Uh, but I am suggesting if you want to get something spiritual out of somebody, you're going to have to help them. That's why God put them in our home for 18 years. Uh, well, 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 my kids are just not spiritual. What are you doing about it? Uh, my children are just not spiritual. Then what are you going to do? Go ahead and develop a plan. We're going to do something. And I'm not going to be able to force it down their neck. I'm going to have to let God be God in their life. I'm going to have to let God draw them and teach them and bring them along the way. But I can pray with them. I can pray over them. I can talk to God on their behalf when they're not around. And I can talk to God on their behalf when they are around. Right? Uh, I, I have the ability to say, hey, you know what, this evening... And I wouldn't suggest always doing it because then you make them resent reading their Bible. But I, I have the ability, uh, and maybe you would want to do it always, at least for a time during the day. But I have the ability to say, you know what, uh, let's, let's not watch television right now. We will in a little bit. Let's not play that game right now. We will in a little bit. But let's go, let's go read. Everybody go read. A, let's go read a book. Let's go read a chapter in the Bible. And you go talk to the Lord about that chapter. You say, well, I can't go in there and make them do that. No, but you can make them go in there. I mean, they can look at a book if they want and not read it, and you, you know. Uh, it's my job uh, as a father, it's my job in my home to, to, to feed my family spiritually. It's your job as a father and as a mother to, to promote that uh, in your home uh, and again I'll, I'll, I'll make the statement I'll say it again we're trying to move on we will move on right after this uh, if I let my 3 year old or 4 year old or whatever I've got a 13 year old and a 15 year old now if I let them especially at the, the younger age just choose whatever they do it's ice cream and, and, and birthday cake huh I mean do you want broccoli or birthday cake Birthday cake for supper. Would you like? Uh, would you like pork chops and green beans, or or would you like um, spaghettios from a can? 
SpaghettiOs. I mean, I mean, they're going, would you like a bag of potato chips or would you like, and you say, well, not mine. Well, maybe not yours, but yours may be the exception. But the truth of the matter is, if you put something uh, uh, sweet in front of them, especially as they're younger, they're going to choose that most of the time. And if they're allowed to take a phone or a game, or uh, don't, well, they're just, they don't have a, 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 an appetite for spiritual things. Well, would you? Uh, given the opportunity, not knowing what you know now, yeah, you're going you're gonna to choose that as well. Uh, so help develop that character. Make sure you've got a, a kitchen in your home. That's a place for feeding. I, I need to feed, and, and I have a Christian school uh, in my life, and you have one in your life, and I appreciate the Lord for letting us have that, but that's not the only place where they get fed. And we have a church and, and Sunday school department and, and a youth group, and thank God for that, but that's not the only place they get fed. Tonight, I want, I want you to understand this, please. The church, the school, the ministries are here to complement what you're doing at home. They are here to assist you in your endeavor to have a Christian home. Uh, we have a church that always is bringing our home back into perspective, right? We have a Bible that is always bringing our home under the microscope and the mirror of the Word of God. We have a Christian school that is reinforcing the, the Bible, biblical truths that we are trying to teach our children. We teach our children at home, don't, don't lie, tell the truth. And then they come to a Christian school and as they're learning English, they're told a story about a character who had an opportunity to lie or tell the truth and they made the wrong choice and here's the side effects. And while they're learning uh, 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 verbs and adverbs, they're also learning don't lie. But it is that it might build upon a foundation that you're already preparing at home through the Word of God, you see. Uh, and so we, we, we've got to accept the responsibility. Uh, would you, and you don't have to answer this out loud, but will you, when will you, will you as a father and a mother accept the responsibility that this is my job? And then let me talk. We've got the teenagers in here with us tonight. I understand that maybe it was not completely talk to you, that's all right, but when will you accept the responsibility that I'm no longer a four-year-old? I'm, I'm, I'm 12, I'm 16, I'm 18. Uh, there's a whole lot of people living for God today whose mother and father never lived a day for God never got saved, but when they were 14, 15, 16, they decided, I'm going to live for God, and they lived for God without the backing of their parents at home, and they did that on their own. You can as well. Uh, see, the wonderful thing is, is you can't build a house on your own at 15, but you can have a spiritual kitchen on your own at 15 or 14. You hear me tonight? Uh, the, the next room was the master bedroom and we dealt with that uh, and, and uh, we'll, we'll move on tonight uh, to the laundry room. Uh, the laundry room. If I am building a house, 
Uh, if I am building a home, that's one of them. That's one of them rooms that I I really appreciate. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. As a kid, I ever gave it much thought because I we didn't really have one. We lived in a small house when I was a kid, and you'd walk in the side door into the kitchen. The kitchen and the dining room were connected. You walked through a tiny little hall way into the living room and there was cabinets on this side and a kitchen counter you turn to the left and there was a closet uh, the closet doors would open and it was about that deep about three foot deep inside the laundry room uh, and the only way to hide it was close the closet doors if you opened it there was the dryer and the lawn or and the washing machine and a shelf above that where the detergent went and that was that was it there was no there was no room uh, that you walked into you couldn't walk in there you just opened the closet uh, but 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 thank God that we had somewhere that we could wash dirty laundry uh, and close the door and when it was done put it in the dryer and when it was done put it in the drawers or in the closet hanging up uh, because nobody wants to wear clothes that are two, three, four days gone without washing because they become filthy, they become contaminated, they become dirty. And so thank God that in our houses we have a place where we can take stuff that stinks. We can take stuff that we spilt chili on. We can take stuff that we spilt ketchup on. And instead of letting it uh, fester and grow mold, we can put it in the waters of washing uh, and let it come out on the other side clean. Uh, when, you, when you have a Christian home, there must be a laundry room and, and, and to go along with how we've been dealing with this, that is the room for forgiveness. There are things that will happen in your home that only you in the home will know about. And the people within that home will know what happened when hopefully the rest of the world won't know what happened. Uh, see, that's, that's the wonderful thing of the Lord. I, in my opinion, I, I think that's one of the most blessed things that God ever does. Number one, let me, let me show you how, how this works and then we'll read from here. Um, and, and you know this is true. How many, uh, how many things have you done in your life that were wrong? They were a sin against God and God never let anybody in this world know about it. And you were able to bring it to Him and confess it and get it clean. And nobody in this world knows about it. And you don't have to raise your hand, but you know that's the truth. Every one of us have dealt with things like that. And God let it be private. God let it be between us and Him. God let us find cleansing. God let us find forgiveness. And I, I just want to pause right here in Sunday school and say thank God He's very merciful to us. Thank God, and we got our young people in here tonight, we got adults in here tonight, and this goes for all of us. I don't care how good of a man that you think you are, I don't care how good of a woman you think you are, I don't care how good of a young person you think you are, there are things in your life that have happened, there are things in your mind that have happened, there are things that have existed within your life and within your ability, and that they were wrong, and God didn't even let the people in your house know about it. You don't have to be afraid to answer that because it's just the truth for all of us. Every one of us. And God deals with us and, and if you'll do what you're supposed to do, when God deals with you, you'll confess it to God and He'll cleanse it. Did you know it's a mercy when God lets people in your house find out about your sin? 
Because what does sin do? It kills us. It robs us. It destroys us. And so, yeah, we don't want anybody to find out, but if you keep doing what you're doing, it will become known because God is being merciful to you. When God allows private sin to become public sin, it is because God is really interested in dealing with that sin, and he knows as long as it's hidden, you're not going to deal with it, and so it makes it become public. But you know what? 90% of the time when it becomes public, it only becomes public within the confines of the people who live in your home. Right? It only becomes public to your wife or to your husband or to your children or children to your parents. And it is within the confines of that home that God allows that situation to be dealt with. How many of you tonight are glad that there are things that have happened in your home that nobody else in other homes knows what happened in your home? You had to deal with a child over an issue that was nobody else's business, but it, but it became a big enough deal that God allowed it to be brought out. God allowed it to be uncovered. God allowed it to be opened so that within that home it could be dealt with because that home is filled with people who really love you and have your best interest at heart. Uh, everybody out there may say, man, come over here, we're having a good time. But when the rubber meets the road, the people who really love you, the people who really care about you, the people who really have the best interest for you is the people who live within the four walls of your house. And when God allows things to come out about you within the confines of that, everybody may get mad. It all may disrupt the family order. It all may uh, mess up how things are going for a while. But God allowed it to come out only there so it could be dealt with only there so that it could be moved past and it doesn't affect you in the rest of your life. It's a mercy. Had that not happened, then you would have continued in that and it would have killed you or destroyed you or ruined you or it would have become greater public knowledge. And so God allows us to deal with stuff privately. Then God allows us to deal with stuff uh, family. And then when they're not dealt with privately and they're not dealt with within the family, then they become public because they never were addressed and dealt with. I, I believe tonight in the Bible, I believe in the word of God tonight, if thou shalt confess, or, 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 or what was it, First John 1, 9, um, uh, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And when you deal with it with God, it's been dealt with. Right? Uh, we need a laundry room in our home it's a place for forgiveness while and I'm going to read now while determining your floor plans for your home don't forget this very important room this is the room where all of our dirty laundry goes to be made clean and fresh where filthy stinky stained garments are thrown in water and soap and come out clean and fresh no one wants to sleep in filthy sheets no one wants to wear yesterday's clothes over and over again yet how often do we wear the mistakes of yesterday? How, many, how often do we make others wear the mistakes of yesterday? Have you, you don't have to raise your hand. I will. I've been guilty of making people in my home wear the mistakes of yesterday 
because I wasn't willing to forgive it today. How many times do we make our spouse relive or our children put on soiled garments of days gone by because we have not allowed it to go to the laundry room and be made clean and fresh? The laundry room literally is like a it's 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 like a place of restoration. You can take something dirty and worn. And, and, and you know how it gets after you've worn something for a while, it, it, it just feels grimy and, and dirty and, and, and then it stretches and it don't fit right anymore. And you can take it and you can put it in that washing machine and it comes out clean, comes out smelling good, and it just fits better. It feels better. It's what, it's what forgiveness is supposed to do in your home. The issue was there. It had to be dealt with. Let's deal with it, and then let's start over. Or let's begin again. And I promise you it's going to get dirty again. Forgiving an issue one time, there'll be other issues. It might not be ketchup on your blue jeans tomorrow. It might be mustard or mayonnaise. But there'll be something else gets on them blue jeans again. There'll be something else gets on that t-shirt again. There'll have to be a lot of forgiveness. You're not going to raise a family for 18, 20 years. You're not going to spend your life together for 50, 60 years if God allows us to live that long with people except there'll be a whole lot of trips to the laundry room to wash stuff. Uh, there must be room in our home for forgiveness. Your spouse will need forgiveness. Your children will need forgiveness. You will need forgiveness. Uh, Proverbs 16.2 says, All the ways of a man are clean in his own eyes, but the Lord weigheth the spirits. Now, let me talk to you about this cleansing stuff for a minute. Uh, acting like it never happened doesn't help. Now, uh, let me talk to our parents for just a minute. you got children and they've lied to you or they've done wrong. And, 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 and sometimes as they're younger, you don't really recognize the severity of the issue, but then it becomes a habit because it was never dealt with. Um, acting like the issue didn't happen, acting like the ketchup didn't happen on the blue jeans is not going to cause it to go away. It's only going to get worse. It's got to be dealt with. Well, if I, just, if I just don't address it, it'll go away. It don't. It don't. Stuff don't go away. It don't go away for you and it don't go away for them. You become bitter and resentful if you're a spouse or a parent or a child. You become resentful and bitter at the person who did the offense if it's not dealt with. And the person who committed the offense, whatever it was, how small or how large it was, they become more and more and more contaminated by the offense. And the greatest thing that can happen in any of our homes, in any of our relationships, in any of our marriages is that it be dealt with. Because when it is dealt with, it can be talked about, it can be addressed, it can be, it can be brought under the microscope and fixed. Well, I'm just not going to mess with it. Why? Because you want them to continue living in that? Why? Because you want to grow bitter at them over that issue that you never would address. I just don't want to cause a stink. 
you give it a few days with that dirty laundry and it'll smell to high heaven. Acting like it never happened doesn't help. Expecting others to act like it never happened doesn't help. When you are the offender, and whatever the offense may be, it may be lying, it may be a, 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 an attitude that got out of hand, it may be saying things that you didn't mean, or maybe you did, you shouldn't have said them, it may mean uh, something even as far as infidelity, I, I hope not, God help us that that's not the case, but whatever the case is, if it happened, it happened, it needs to be dealt with. Don't, if you are the offender, if you are the offender, don't expect everybody else just to get past it and move on. They need to deal with it. You need to deal with it. And, 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 and this is not dealing with, hey, I'm sorry, you know, I messed up. I'm sorry, I'm human. I messed up. What do you expect from me? Why don't y'all just get over it? It's not repentance. And repentance does not just belong to God. It starts with God. Repentance belongs to God. Confession belongs to God. But then it is followed by those that we have offended. You know what? I didn't just sin against God, though I did. But I sinned against you. And true repentance will bring tears and it will bring humility. I don't care how, I don't care how, how grown you are, I don't care how old you are, if there is an offense that you've done to someone else and you truly become repentant over that, you'll, you'll, you'll get that right with God. And when you do, you'll go get that right with others. And it will bring humility and it will bring, and it will not bring the attitude, why, why won't you just get over it? Because you've never allowed them the opportunity to get over it. You know why they don't just get over it? Because it was never dealt with. Oh, I messed up. Yep, y'all know. Man, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. Y'all forgive me, please, if they're lucky to receive that. And then the next day, why, why, won't, we, why won't you? Well, let's make things back to normal. You can't make things go back to normal. That's the work of God. And that's the work of repentance. There needs to be some humility. If you're a child and this is you, there needs to be some humility from you. If you're a husband and this is you, there needs to be some humility. If you're a wife and this is you, there needs to be some humility. If you're a parent and this is you, there needs to be some humility and some repentance. I have messed up. What can I do? I'll try my hardest to do it. Make it right. And I'm willing to wait as long as I need to wait for God to work in your heart over what I've done. Is that ringing a bell with anybody tonight? I have dealt with people, um, uh, people I've known in the ministry who are unfaithful to their spouse. It's a horrible thing. I'm going to tell you something tonight. That is not something done by accident. That is premeditated. It wasn't just the one time I messed up. It was premeditated. In my opinion, every time. You knew where you were going, what you were going to do, and it was building. And I hope it's not the case here. God help us tonight, if it is, to help people. But God help us tonight 
to, to cultivate the kind of walk with the Lord that we hear His voice immediately when He says, get out of danger's way. But I have dealt with people who have done that, preachers even. And I hate to say that, but I've dealt with that. And, 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 and then they'll say, well, why won't anybody preach them anymore? All them churches are just filled with their stones and they won't let anybody, they, they just, you know, they won't, they won't even preach me no more. I want things to go back to normal. I told God I was sorry, I want things to go back to normal. There are some things that we do that there must be, I, I, I don't know, there must be a trip to the laundry room that takes a while. Don't think just because you messed up and you said, I'm sorry, let's make everything normal. Everything's going to be normal. There's some things that takes a while. Getting clean with God will take just like that if we confess our sin. He's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. But you have to earn back people's trust. You have to earn back your relationship with people. Are y'all hearing me tonight? There needs to be a laundry room. There needs to be a place when people do that we allow that forgiveness, that you allow that forgiveness. My wife and I have been married 17 years. and There's been times we've had arguments. There's been times we've had disagreements. There's been times that we have struggled, not terribly. Uh, and I, I don't say that to lift us up. God just blessed us, uh, and I'm grateful for the wife he gave me. It could have been different. It would have been different had I gone with the ones that, 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 I, that I would have picked out for myself in the beginning. And God gave, me, uh, God gave me the wife that I needed, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, there's been times she's had to forgive me. If you're married, that, 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 that applies to you. There's been times Brother Dan has had to forgive Miss Pat. There's been times Miss Pat has had to forgive Brother Dan. And I'm not talking about infidelity. I'm not talking about, but I'm just talking about human existence in life. You just don't live with somebody. that The paths don't run into each other in, in anger and frustration. There's been times she's had to forgive me. There's been times I've had to forgive her. That's not, that's, with children it's that way. And it's not just that we have to forgive children, but that children have to forgive us. There have been times the Spirit of God spoke in my heart and said, you were wrong. You've got to go get that right. And thank God I have a wife that's willing to go to the laundry room with me. I have a, a two boys that's willing to go to the laundry room with me. Let it be dealt with. And when it's dealt with, don't keep talking about that ketchup stain on them blue jeans. It ain't there no more. Huh? It ain't there no more. Why are you talking about something that's in the past? Why aren't God help us? I'm under conviction myself. Why are you talking about something that's already clean? It was clean, it was dealt with, there was repentance, there was, there was forgiveness. And if all that took place, we sang it this morning, it's under the blood, it's under the blood. Now, when I say that, don't turn around and say, well, don't bring that up again, it's under the blood. That's not the right kind of attitude because if you are the offender, 
you're willing for them to bring it up as many times as they need to for them to get help. That's the attitude of the repentant one. If you need to bring it up again, I'm still sorry. But when they're that way, then why keep bringing it up? Because you know now it's breaking their heart because their heart is broken over what they did. And it may not be that big. But go to the lawn, put a laundry room in your house. Put a laundry room in your, in your, in your, in your spiritual Christian home so people who live there can go get clean. Deal with stuff. It's not bad to deal with it. It's better to deal with it. Um, I, 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 thought, I thought about, I'll give you a few verses in a minute, we'll move on. Uh, I, I thought about, uh, this is good stuff, ain't it? I mean, this is uh, practical, uh, help you at work, you see. This will help you at church. I, I've, been, I've been pastor here for 15 years. If you think that I've pastored here for 15 years and it's been smooth sailing and I ain't never butted heads with nobody, you're wrong. I have offended people and people have offended me. But all the Christians that I've pastored all these years, we've been able to work through it. Sometimes it was them. And sometimes it was me. And sometimes it was me and them. Huh? But we don't even talk about it. There's many of you sitting in here and now that I bring that up you hadn't even thought about it in a long time but there were times where we butted heads and, 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 and not, not, not in a, uh, a hateful not in a uh, despising of one another but in a disagreement about something and, and, but, it's, but it's so far gone it's under the blood we, we hug, we love one another we fellowship with one another and the reason why is because of humility and repentance and forgiveness there is a laundry room available to us to make things right. Why well, bring it up? Uh, I, I thought about 2 Samuel 13. I, I, I preached this a few Wednesday night, or a few months ago on Wednesday night. Uh, how David lost Absalom's heart. Uh, Absalom had a, uh, a sister named Tamar. Tamar was beautiful, the Bible said. Absalom's half-brother Amnon, who was David's son with another one of David's wives. Uh, Amnon had, a, had a, uh, a, a, a thing for Absalom's sister Tamar. He was in love with her, thought she was beautiful. Uh, he wouldn't touch her, wouldn't mess with her, but he had a friend, and his friend talked him into doing something. I heard a preacher years ago preach on, but Amnon had a friend. You better be careful who your friends are because your friends will influence you to do things that you wouldn't have done on your own. Let that be a warning that we choose our friends wisely. And mom and dad, you have a say-so in who people's friends are, Right? Right? There ought not be any of this, oh, we don't talk to them, we don't associate with them, we're better than them. But there ought to be some of that, son, I won't talk to you. I, I really am, I don't, don't approve of you running with him. I want God to save him, I want you to be kind to him, I want you to be friendly to him. But I'm not going to let you go off with him. 
Huh? Amnon had a friend. Amnon's friend said, why don't you do this, this, and this? And Amnon did that. And it's all adults in here and uh, some teenagers. I'll just use the, the, and he raped Tamar against her will. Uh, Absalom found out about it and he hated Amnon for it. Rightfully so. And he had the right in that day, in that law, in that economy to deal with it. But he left it alone for two years and David never dealt with it. See, David should have dealt with that. Why didn't David deal with that? David was not only the king, but he was the father. How come the father nor the king ever dealt with what Amnon did? I'm going to tell you something again. You not dealing with issues because you're afraid to handle them or because you don't want to cause a stink or you wouldn't want anybody in your social world to know that there's some issues within your proud, arrogant family. Throw your social world out the window and deal with the people in your home so they can get victory and move on. See, Tamar never got victory. Amnon never got victory. Absalom never got victory. Nobody could ever get help because nobody would deal with it. Amnon uh, does this. Absalom hates Amnon. Two years goes by. Absalom devises a plan. He calls a family reunion of all of David's uh, sons and they gather together and Absalom kills Amnon. Kills him. Murders him. Takes his life, avenges his sister's honor, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Absalom flees to the land of Geshur. David finds out about it. His heart's broken over Absalom. That's his son. He loves his son. His son's pretty young at this time. Uh, there's no talk about his son having a wife or children up to this point. He, he goes down to Geshur and he spends three years in that land. And Absalom in his heart weeps, or David in his heart weeps over Absalom. But he never moves towards him. He never, still don't deal with it. The event that took place had happened it had been two years uh, from the time that Amnon did what he did to Tamar till the time that, that Absalom murders Amnon. Now three years goes by and he's in uh, Geshur and David don't go get him. Five years has passed. When he comes on the scene later, he's got a wife and he's got children. Absalom does. He grows up. See, people grow up. And they grow up having never dealt with the things that need to be dealt with when they're younger. I'm not preaching at you, I'm preaching for all of us. Um, Joab is just heartbroken. He's David's assistant. He's David's right hand man. Joab is heartbroken at the, at the divide of a father and his son. And so Joab loves Absalom. Joab loves David. Joab devises a plan and he, and he tricks David into. Uh, making a decree, and when David does, and then he finds out, oh, it was, it was me, you, were, you tricked me. And he said, all right, go get Absalom, bring him back to Jerusalem. They bring him back to Jerusalem, Absalom comes back. He sits in Jerusalem for two years more. Seven years has gone by since the first offense. Seven years is a long time for bitterness to take over. He comes back, Two years he lives in Jerusalem and David will not see his face. He will not let him come into his presence. He will not let David, he won't deal with it. David will not deal with Absalom. And it needed to be dealt with. What Absalom did was wrong. What was wrong, done in the beginning was the worst thing. 
But when, when, when bad things aren't deal, dealt with, then they multiply. So, Absalom, I, Absalom becomes an arsonist. That, what they call people who catch stuff on fire, burn stuff, becomes an arsonist. He's trying to get David's attention. David won't see him. Absalom burns down Joab's field. He tells, Absalom tells his servants, go, Joab's field is next, go burn it down, burn it down. He burns it down. Joab comes to Absalom and says, man, why didn't you burn my field down? He said, because I've been trying for two years to see my father and I couldn't get his attention and I figured you might help me. How does a young man who just loves his sister and trying to defend his sister and loves his father become a murderer and an arsonist? Somewhere something wasn't dealt with. David says, all right, don't burn no more fields down. I'll meet with you. And he meets with him. But it's been seven years. I wonder what would have happened for Absalom. I wonder how the story would have played out. If when what happened happened, number one, David would have dealt with so Absalom didn't have to. Mom and Dad, don't expect our kids to be adults when they're not. Don't expect them to respond to things in a way that they're not equipped to respond to them yet. The only thing Absalom could see is I've got to kill him. I've got to do something. I've got to do something. You, you deal with the situation. All right, he didn't, but let's say what would have happened when Absalom dealt with the situation and, and now there needs to be some judgment, there needs to be some punishment, there needs to be some conviction, there needs to be some grace and some mercy and some restoration. David's the king. He can deal with this. What would have happened if he said, Son, I need to, I know you loved your sister and you were defending his, her honor. Son, we can't do that. We're going to have to deal with this and it's going to be harsh and you're not going to like it but I'm going to deal with this because I love you and I don't want you to live the rest of your life this way. I don't want you to run in fear. I don't want you to be afraid of your past. I don't want you to live making the same mistakes so let's deal with this mistake so you can learn mistakes have consequences. Let's deal with this sin so you can learn sin has consequence and when we deal with it, let's forget it. Let's forgive it. Let's put it under the blood. Let's move past it and David could have wept and if David would have wept Absalom would have wept and there would have been a great bonding and a great spiritual moment but David turned his face and when he did a seed of resentment was born in the heart of Absalom that David never could conquer and tonight you have people living in your home and they're still there because you have the ability to turn thing around through forgiveness you are married to someone who has a seed of resentment already building but you have the ability through forgiveness through repentance through confession through restoration to kill that seed of bitterness before it sprouts into something uncontrollable right so what kind of laundry room are you, are you developing in your home? Lamentations 3.22 is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. 
Great is thy faithfulness. Can we just stop and say amen right there? Great is thy faithfulness. Ephesians 4.32 And be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. How much has Christ forgiven you? And can you forgive those that live in your home and quit holding over their head two year ago mistakes, six month ago mistakes that they've already brought to you with repentance and tried to make right? Let me say this right here. Sometimes our fears of what might be control us to the point where we treat people like they will do what we have imagined they'll do. Does that know where jealousy comes from sometimes? We'll, we'll, uh, we'll compare children with other children. Well, they did that. And so take that as a, a lesson and learn from it. But don't, don't not forgive your children for things that they never even did. That somebody else's children did. Don't not forgive your husband for things he didn't do somebody else's husband did. Does that make sense? You're living in fear of something that's going to happen. And now you, 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 are, you are developing a wall between you and them because of something that never even happened or something that somebody else did that they didn't do. Don't, don't not forgive your wife because of something somebody else did. Well, my daddy did this. My mama did this. My aunt did this. My, my brother did that. Whatever. Yeah, but this is a different individual. And they ought to be able to be treated like an individual. And they ought to be able to say, I've messed up and I'm sorry. And they ought to have to say that because you deal with it. If you raise children, there's a time that that child, maybe it was young, maybe it was older, there's a time that that child was lying to you. If you'd be willing to acknowledge it. Maybe, maybe not. More than likely so. What that child needs is for you to say, if it takes us all night, we're going to get to the bottom of this so we can deal with it. We're not going to go to bed. We're not going to quit until we deal with it. So when we do go to bed, we'll go to bed with something that's dealt with. The old timer said, don't go to bed angry. Do you ever think about why they said don't go to bed angry? Because if you go to bed angry, it's still there in the morning. I heard a preacher one time say, I, in all of our years of marriage, we never went to bed angry. Brother Berman Cape. So we never went to bed angry. Somebody said, well, how did you do that? He said, oh, there's lots of nights we just didn't go to bed. All the married people understand that. Deal with it. All right, let's talk. I don't like doing it. No matter. 
You're going you're gonna to breed resentment, hostility, unforgiveness. That's why God put a laundry room in your house. Go find forgiveness. Go find it from the Lord first. And when you get it from God, it'll overwhelm your soul so much, you can go get it from somebody else. Micah 7, 19. He will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities. And thou wilt cast all their sins into the depth of the sea. If Jesus could forgive us, we no doubt can forgive others, especially those in our own home. Let us no more put upon ourselves or upon others the filthy garments of the past, but rather let us take them to the waters of forgiveness that they might be made clean, crisp, and fresh once again. So I'll ask you tonight, does your Christian home have a laundry room? Are your children, spiritually speaking, still wearing six-month-old garments that you won't let them get out of? Is your spouse wearing the same old dirty garments from four years ago that you won't let him or her out of? Go to the laundry room. Get it clean. Get it dealt with. And put on some clean, crisp clothes of forgiveness. Start a new day. Because that's how Jesus does us. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. New every morning. I love Him because of it. I love Him. They're new every morning. If you're living in a situation where the offender of whatever it may be is not um, repent it not willing to address or to deal with it do what you can to deal with it if not give it to God and offer that forgiveness whether they receive it or not but make sure you're right with God but if they are seeking forgiveness allow them to receive it give it so that you and them can live to the glory of God in the morning. Right? Lord, we love you tonight. You've helped us once again. What a blessing. I thank you, God. We didn't get as far as we thought we would, but we got as far as we needed to. Lord, we got a lot of homework tonight. Lord, I thank you for my home. I thank you. God, if, if there are areas, and there may be, where I have failed in this area, God, show them to me so I can make them right. Maybe it's not even something that I need to talk about. Maybe it is, but maybe it's just something that I just need to let go. I don't know, God, but I'll trust you to talk to me about it tonight and tell me. And then, Lord, let me let it go. Lord, do that for my wife. Do that for my children. Do that for me. Lord, do that for these men. Do that for their wives. Do that for their children. Lord, do that with one another. Lord, help us to do that with one another. Maybe someone we work with. Maybe someone that we grew up with. Maybe someone that we 
that we associate with, maybe someone that we live nearby and we don't even really think about it anymore. But we've caused people to wear old dirty clothes of unforgiveness. And Lord, we are remembering someone by a 15-year-old mistake or we are, we are judging someone by a 20-year-old problem. Truth of the matter is, is their life may be completely different. We're holding something over them or against them that needs to be forgiven. God, help us to do that. We'll thank you for it. We'll bless you for it. Thank you for meeting with us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.